Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Well, check off your to-do list at Macy's. I mean, I love weddings. Don't you love weddings? I love going to a wedding, but you have to be really careful with how you get dressed for a wedding because, all right, we all know you're not supposed to wear white, right? You can't wear white unless they tell you to wear white. And you really don't want to wear black because if you wear black, unless they tell you to wear black, then it feels like you're going to a funeral maybe, or you're depressed. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. You have to be really careful about what you're going to wear to a wedding. So pulling together the perfect wedding look, not that easy. But when you go to Macy's, they've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, and jewelry by the way, even skincare and makeup. So you can pull together a look for any dress code. I love one-stop shopping and Macy's has it all. They've got your glow up covered. So fabulous. All the things you need all in one spot. Check out Macy's wedding shop to help you get celebration ready at macy's.com slash wedding shop. This is Heather Dubrow's world, and now you can live in it two times a week right here on Podcast One. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're totally going to do our recap today. Jefferson and Mandy are here. I'm going to say hi to them in a minute, and I want to tell you that tomorrow on the show, I'm going to do a little life catch-up and talk about some other things that have been going on and tell you about Coco's birthday and, oh my God, my weather karma has officially ended for vacations, so I'm going to have to dive into that as well. Um, But... With no further ado, please welcome Mandy and Jefferson. Hello, hello. Hi. We're back. Hi. Before we kind of launch into um, this week's episode, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys a question and I wanted to talk about a couple of things that happened last week. Do you guys, Mandy, I know you're on a social media break, so maybe this is more a question for Jefferson, but do you watch Twitter or any of the the social media after the show airs? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm on Twitter while it's happening. <laughs> yeah, me. Well, sometimes I am too. I, unfortunately, this past week, it was Coco's holiday show, which I'll tell you about tomorrow. Um, but it, I, I was paying attention. So I wasn't, you know, wasn't really involved that much, but I did see it afterwards. So what did you think was the consensus about Shannon versus Gina? Versus me. I think you can tell when people started watching the show, right? I think people who have been watching are like team you. And I think people who are new, newer are more team Shannon. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, yeah. can, I can feel the bitterness of people who are like, I've been here for six seasons. Like, I know how the story ends. Yeah, I di- I didn't get any hate or anything like that. What I but I did get uh, a, a like a handful of you're you're angry at the wrong person. That's so. Yeah, I didn't. I saw. I a lot see of what people- I saw a lot of was I saw that people were m- so much more angry at Gina. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people. I don't know. I'm on Black Twitter, and Black Twitter is different. Okay, they have opinions. I think a lot. What of does people- that mean, Black Twitter? Black Twitter is just a very specific part of Twitter that is somehow only black people. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's iconic. It's just okay. like gay Twitter, but better. Um, but they a lot of people were like, they I don't think people loved your uh, shoot the messenger vibes. And they but everyone was very much on the same page, but like maybe this is just not the right time. 
Right. You don't believe in shooting the messenger? I so do. I think it depends. I also think, and I said this last week, like you get to respond however you need to. It's your business. It's your house. So whatever emotion and whatever reaction you have is valid. I appreciate that. And I also think it was like what we were talking about last week. It's like if you're already in the car and you're dressed and you're ready to go, like you can't say anything because it's already done. So this was something that was already done. I thought Nicole got a lot of love, which I was super happy about. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think people like her. Yeah, she's great. She's a really nice girl. And I felt like she was a victim in this whole scenario. And, and I think the audience responded appropriately. So I was kind of happy about that. But the one thing I wanted to talk about was talking about the price of the party. So when I was on the show the first time, they were very into digits. Like they were, and I always fought it the whole time. They were like, how much did it, those windows cost? And, how, and I like, that's not something I would typically do is talk about how much something costs. But it was germane to the conversation that Terry and I were having. And it's weird because I realized that we're filming a television show, but this is also our real life. And we were having a real conversation about it. And that was part of it, that I had spent so much time and so much money on this party for it to be ruined, right? So I have heard some former castmates of mine on other podcasts and things talking about the fact that that was BS, that I didn't pay for it. And I want to be super clear about this. So things are different these days. And the, the network is very clear. Like we're here to follow your lives. Okay. And so whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing, and we're coming to film it. Having said that they do kick in at certain moments. Like they paid a bit of that party because it was the first all cast event, because there's like certain things that need to go on when you're having a full cast event like that. Right. But I threw three other events that and trust me, I paid for the majority of that part of that sushi party. And there were other events I threw that they paid for zero. I chartered private planes on this season. I mean, I spent a lot of money on this season. I'm not saying that like, look at me, I spent so much money, but I'm just pointing out that that wasn't a BS thing because, all right. So when I was on the show the first time, we used to have a joke with all the girls. When the check came, when we were sitting at dinner, we'd all grab it. Like, no, I got it because we knew production was paying for it. So it was kind of funny, right? So when we go out to a dinner or we're going on a group trip like that, yes, th that is part of putting on a television show. They pay for those things. But when it's something you're doing, you pay for it. I just want to be very, very clear about that. What's the point in this? Like, it's like, who are they, are they trying to say you're not rich? Like we're so past that. No, they were trying to say I was bragging about it and like how, first of all, like so many people don't have money and it's the holidays and how could I be bragging about all this money? I wasn't bragging about how much money I spent on the party. I mean, I mean, look, I realize it's a shit ton of money. I'm not saying that it's not, but in life things are relative, right? So I'm sorry if that doesn't really sound relatable, but it just is. Some people spend more on things like that than other people spend. That doesn't mean I don't give to charity and I don't give appropriately or proportionally. I don't feel the need to sit here and say how much money I give every year. I'm very comfortable with how I live my life. Now, if I could take back saying the actual dollar amount, would I? So it didn't have to be a conversation. Yes, but that was the truth. And that was the conversation that we were having. Can I just say that like, and I thought about this last night with the, um, they had like a flashback of Shannon and you in a fight. And she was saying like, don't you dare say I'm not charitable. 
I hate this idea that people with money feel the need to express how they spend it for the poor. Like you don't owe charity donations to anyone. You don't owe your bank account statements to anyone. Like if you don't like how someone spends their money, don't watch them on TV. I just, I don't, I just don't care. I truly do not care if you have the cash or the credit or the receipts. That's I want to watch the show. However, the show gets to me. That's how it gets to me. And I'm going to enjoy it. I also think it's not even about like, nobody even the listeners here right now like nobody judges on how you spend your money you know I over like my overspending because obviously I don't have $36,000 but for me like the $300 thing that I decide to spend money on that's my business and you know what that's my type of overspending and it's all about percentages you know what I'm saying like it just doesn't exactly matter you know and and that's relative there's plenty of people out there that would be like you wasted $300 on a what Exactly. On a dinner. Like I understand that for a lot of people, you know, a lot of things, especially right now during the pandemic has been like have been exasperated, especially financially. And that is so valid. And I really, really, you know, feel for these people, like, for example, the people like in Kentucky who just lost. But at the same time, if there's anything we learned this during this pandemic is that you need to live your life the way you want to and that we only have one life. And at the end of the day, like if you want to go and spend $36,000 of your own money, so be it. And it's not about being a yes person. It's about live your life. Like just do it. I agree. No one here is in politics. This isn't taxpayer money. I don't like, yes, we're in COVID. <laughs> yes, it's true. Taxes. Like we earn the money. Who cares how we spend it? And Wait, no, it's like, totally true. But, but I just didn't like the notion of people because there, there was someone that said that that wasn't true, that I, that I didn't spend that money. And that's what bugged me about it. And even back in the day, like I do remember when I was first on the show, they, there was a lot of times where production would just pay for the party. And there were people that like, didn't care about the food or the, this, they'd be like, yeah, like the, this is the kind of party I want. They would meet with the caterer or whatever it was. And they would put on the party and it would be great. Cause you know, Bravo has, but you know, they've got great connections, right? It'd be terrific. I'm weird about parties and things like that. I, you know, like I remember the first season I was on the show and I threw the name changing party. Like there were things you didn't say, there were things you did see. Like I had diamonds in the glasses of everyone's champagne. And one of them was real. And I had a lipologist, this lipstick reader that I flew in from New York and you put on lipstick and you kiss a piece of paper. And it was like, you know, having your palm read, but you read the lip. They didn't show any of this stuff. Like they didn't show anything, but I don't know. Like to me, I'm still throwing a party. I still, my friends are there. I'm entertaining people. Like, I don't know. I don't do things half-assed like that. So if it costs me a little extra money, I guess I just don't care. And you, because you can't afford it (laughs) once again. (laughs) I also right, think that anyway. people need to stop thinking about this as like a party, like a you and me party, like Jefferson, a dinner party, me and you would throw. It's an event. Like it is what it is. It costs money to put on a production in the scale that you wanted to throw it. And, you know, well, I know, but you don't have to go the extra mile. You don't have to like, I mean, I had, which we never got to the dinner, as you know, but I had favors for everyone and everyone had chopsticks with their names engraved on them. And there was all kinds of special little things. They don't get seen, but I don't know. I like that. And I want when someone leaves my house to feel like that they were at something special. That's fair. Okay. Can I say, while we're on the topic of things on the internet, somebody yes. on the internet said that you found us at a local Walmart. And found I you? Found me and Mandy at a local Walmart. And <gasps> I was shocked. I have never been to a local Walmart. I am a Target bitch. 
and I would never. <laughs> well, anyone that knows me knows I've only been to Walmart once, and it was recently in Fishgill, New York. And I don't think you've ever been to Fishgill, Jefferson. No, thank you. <laughs> they said that we, they said that we, our opinions weren't real because we were sucking up to you because we've never been around rich people before. By the way, that's so stupid. And for people that are just listening, and I've gotten really fabulous comments about both of you, what I wanted to do is instead of bringing on like, you know, one of my girlfriends or someone that would have the same exact opinion as me, because that's not interesting at all, I thought it would be interesting to talk to someone else. And Mandy, as many of you know, has been my producer for some time now. And she's so cool. And she's young and she's single and she's living in L.A., and I love her point of view. And then she introduced me to Jefferson and they've been friends for many, many years. And Jefferson has a completely different point of view. And Mandy's never watched the show before. Jefferson's been a longtime fan. And I think between the three of us, I love this cross-section of opinions. So I thank you both for being here. I did not find anyone at Walmart. I did find a lot of good deals. And Terry loved the shorts and the sweatshirt he got there. So thank you, Walmart, but did not meet these two there. This is Heather Dubrow's world. Listen, feminine care and feminine issues is always like one of those things that no one wants to talk about. Like my mom didn't talk about it. Just people are embarrassed about talking about it, but it shouldn't be that way. So I want to tell you about a company called PHD. It's a feminine healthcare company, and PhD offers trustworthy feminine care products that actually work. Because when you have feminine issues, you want a solution immediately. Supporting women-owned businesses such as PhD is really, really important. PhD is a female-owned and founded company. They use these wonderful natural compounds like boric acid. It's, in, it's found in seawater and has been recommended by doctors for decades as a safe, holistic alternative. PHD is the number one doctor-recommended brand of boric acid vaginal suppositories. These days, PHD believes that self-care is crucial to your overall well-being. Give the gift of self-care and love to yourself. Register now at phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win to receive a free lifestyle subscription box from our friends at Bombay and Cedar, which contain vegan and cruelty-free deluxe-sized beauty and lifestyle products, a retail value of over $100, plus a $500 Visa gift card. Go to phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. Also get 20% off all products right now. Use code Heather, phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. Now back to Heather Dubrow's world. Okay, now let us move into last night's episode. Um, so... This is episode three. The only thing I was super irritated about in this entire episode is that um, they only showed the podcast for like 20 seconds with Lance Bass and Jamie Lynn Sigler. And they're the most fabulous people. And it was so fun and so funny. I wish they had shown more of it. But I love that they that you got to see a little piece of it. So that was cute. But I'm annoyed they didn't show more. But if you guys want to hear more of that podcast, it is available and it actually is a really interesting conversation to go back and hear, especially because Lance opens up about like the free Britney movement before everything kind of happened and his perspective, knowing her for years and how basically, you know, her team kind of 
like locked him out of her life. And it's just a really fun episode. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, I am doing a shameless plug. Thank you. (laughs) We're plugging in our plug. All right, cool. All right. So we jump off episode three with Shannon and Noella. They go to a doctor um, and uh, Shannon's getting some kind of laser thing. Um, I, you know, I think Jefferson, you were talking, I think last week about how nice it is that when people are kind of open about what they've had done and, you know, Shannon has been really honest about like, she got too much filler last year and she's been having it dissolve and she, and it's so crazy when they do the flashbacks. I mean, she really, she definitely, I mean, I think she's a really pretty girl and always has been, but she definitely looks very different than she used to. Yeah, and I think it's also, she talked about, you know, after her divorce, she had gained all that weight. And so I think, you know, one of the things about weight gain and plastic surgery is you have to keep up with both. And so a lot of times people put in filler to match the rest of their body. And then as your body changes and your filler doesn't, she's like, she's constantly course correcting. But I thought it was great that she was able to show, you know, not look that great on TV as they put the cream on her face. And she's like, yeah, I got too much. Let's fix it. I yeah. think she looks so much better now that she dissolved all of that. When they, they showed that picture of her with all the filler, I was my goodness, you know? Well, I think she had just had it done. It was like, I, by the way, I mean, I've seen girls like do crazy things, like get a facelift, you know, four days before the reunion. Like you need to heal people. You can't, this is not like, you know, getting a facial or a wax, you know, you gotta, you need time to recover. That's amazing. I lo- like, like if you cannot cram in your plastic surgery. So do you remember the season I cut the bangs? Oh, yes. Yeah. Let yeah. me just tell you something. So what happened was I have really bad sciatica and I would get um, an epidural, you know, get an epidural shot every couple of years. And it would just like fix me for a while. So I was thinking, and this was my dumbass move. So I was thinking right before the reunion of that year, I was like, I'm going to get an epidural shot because you sit there. It's like a 12 hour day. And if I sit too long, like I'm in so much pain and I thought, okay, the week. So I went like, I don't know, eight days before I went and had the epidural shot and I had a rare, weird complication and I was spilling spinal fluid. I didn't know it. And so I literally, I was going to the gym running at orange theory on the treadmill. My head would be pound it because what happens is that's what happens and then when you lay down you feel better because it seals itself so I would go home and lay down and I'd be like oh no no no, I feel better and then I'd get up and it would start leaking again and my head would be- and then finally I called the doctor I'm like this is what's going on and he was like okay you have to come back in and they do something that's called a blood patch and all it is is they take your blood and they spin it and they literally inject it right in there so it seals the hole And he goes, but listen, you're going to feel like a bus ran over you. I'm like, me? Are you kidding me? I have C-sections. I'm up the next day. I'm fine. I felt like a fucking bus hit me. And it was the day before the reunion. So that reunion, I literally, I I, I was like not even in my body that year. Didn't you say on Watch What Happens Live that you regret the bangs? Mm -hmm. I considered the bangs a look. You know, not maybe not the world's best look, but indeed an executed look. Thank you. Um, yeah. Kelly Klein did my hair and he's a brilliant hairdresser and always gives me these cool looks. I, but you know what, (laughs) if, if one learns anything from getting bangs over the years, I've done it a few times. Don't do it. There's clip-ons, there's wigs, there's like other options that aren't so permanent because 
bangs or a commitment? I totally agree. I have made this mistake one too many times. <laughs> so I don't you don't get why. this, Jefferson. When you, you know what? Us as women. I'm bald. <laughs> Have you seen that new filter on, on Snapchat that makes you bald? My daughter did that to me yesterday. And you look like a penis? Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I, no, I didn't think I looked bad. I have to be honest. I thought I looked okay. Really? I, I can never rock like the bald look. Like I did it on Snapchat and I literally looked like my brother and I was so freaked out. <laughs> it's traumatic. Oh my God, that's so funny. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, Oh my God. I had, did you see the snap The it is a snap? No, it's not a Snapchat. It's a TikTok. I did a TikTok with Terry with the Christmas tree. Did you see that? I saw I have not seen this. I have to, are you, I did not know you were on the TikToks. I am on the TikTok, but I'm not. So what I, I'm not good at those things. So I, the only thing I really understand, I don't understand Facebook. I never look at that. And I really only understand Instagram and Twitter. So those are the ones I do, but I have the other accounts. I tried Snapchatting. It wasn't my thing. It's like too fast. I'm just out my, I can't keep up with it. And then the TikTok, I've done a couple. And um, I did one during COVID that to Cupid Shuffle that I called the cooking shuffle or something because I was Chef Heather. And then the guys that, that made Cupid Shuffle famous, they commented and they DM'd me. They were so cute. But anyway, so we did one. I had to have Katerina film it for me. I have no idea, but I posted it on my Instagram, Jefferson. You can go look at it. We did one for oh, the Christmas tree. Oh, you mom right now. I love it. I know. It. I can't help it. Okay. So there, so, so Noella and Shannon are in the doctor's office and like a lot happens. I mean, Noella gives us a lot of information. She tells us that, you know, there's a $6 million tax lien and that her son has just been diagnosed with autism and that, you know, things are going on with their house and this house in Puerto Rico and this whole thing. Yeah, I think a lot was, um, you know, kind of told to us during that office visit that I had no idea that Noella, one was, you know, not only going through this obvious like turbulence in her marriage due to this like unknown tax debt, but also I had no idea that her son was autistic. And I feel like you know, I was very sympathetic towards her because that's something that's like every parent's kind of worst nightmare. And it's a lot to navigate. I mean, having a kid is hard. I don't have one, but I can imagine that having a kid is hard, but having a kid with, um, you know, autism is a little harder because as a parent, I know my parents just always want to protect me. And there's a lot you can't protect when your kid has, you know, those sort of issues. So I felt just so, um, sympathetic towards her. And it kind of made her a little bit more real to me. Like I was like, okay, like, you know what, it's not all sex dungeons and, and craziness. You, you do have a real life with real problems. Yeah. I thought that was the, that was the most I cared for Noella since meeting her. And, and, you know, autism is something that runs in my family. I've got about 20 cousins who do it different levels of autism and, when she said that her son loves his brain, I lost it. I thought, because I think the way she the way she spoke about her son and having a child with autism was so in the pro. It was so active. It was so loving. And I was like, I, I was like, oh, I like you so much more in this yeah. light being this person. Yeah, I agree. You know, for me, I, and I don't know if we've spoken about this. I've told the audience, I think this before, but when, so 
Katarina's not autistic, but when she was 15 months old, she wasn't crawling or walking or talking. And so we went to, which is like, you should be doing that much earlier. So anyway, we had gone to a neurologist and just very briefly. So they thought she was apraxic and she wouldn't have four words by the age of four and all this. Thankfully, that didn't turn out to be the case. But the only reason I'm mentioning it is because we went through like two years of intense therapies. She went to speech therapy, you know, three times a week at 15 months old and physical and occupational therapy and all these things. And so I have a small, very, very small understanding of what it's like to have a very small understanding of what it's like to have a special needs kid. And it it is like, it just consumes your whole world because like you were saying, like as a parent, you know, obviously all you want is for your kids to be healthy and happy and taken care of. And it's just, there's nothing more distressing than having something going on with your child. And especially when they're so little like that, because they can't communicate to begin with. And then when they're having issues, it's just, it's so heartbreaking. And I, I really, my heart went out to her too. And I just felt like that it's a full-time job. So to be dealing with that on top of this, like money nonsense is just crazy. I mean, talk about timing. And I will say like, I love that she did talk about it in the pro because I think, you know, there was a time where this was such like a taboo thing, you know, to have like an autistic kid. And, um, you know, a lot of people used to think that if your kid was autistic, that they couldn't, you know, survive in the real world, right, or get a job. And I think over the years, I used to work in a restaurant um, back in the day, and we used to have an organization come in and they teach these kids, you know, how to work and how to really function in out in the world and, and how it doesn't have to be this trap. And so I just loved that she was like, one, so open about it, because I think it's something people still consider taboo. And two, that she spoke about it so Positively. Yeah. I will say that my appreciation for her and her love for her son is almost mutually exclusive to my opinions about how she is dealing with the financial issues in her marriage. Okay. So, so shift to that. So shift to that for a second. I just want to know if, I mean, this is a job, but I just want to know if you have $6 million in debt that are not being paid, why are you not working? And I would like to know about the Birkin. I don't think it's real because it's embroidered, but I have questions about it. And the baby Balenciaga that she was carrying, I have comments, questions, and concerns. But it's a larger conversation here because Jefferson's jumping to a little bit um, further, like in the episode But I think as a woman, no matter what your status is, no matter who you marry, no matter how much money you think you have, you have to protect yourself so you're not stuck in the situation like Noella where you have no access to credit. She says she has no savings. I think that as, especially as a mother, right? You need to think about what if this didn't go the way. But but Mandy, this this is like such an age old problem. And I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Like I, I, you know, Tara and I got to a point where, you know, he made a bad investment. We ended up losing a lot of money and I realized, oh my God, I am like my mother that I have no idea the hell is going on. And so we had to completely like change and restructure. And this was years ago, but like, so I, I mean, it sounds terrible, but so many women do that. They assume that they're 
partner is taking care of everything and they put their head in the sand and just finance nothing. I think, you know, um, she should have been a little bit more wary. And like one of the things I kept going through my, my brain last night was like, turns out sweet James ain't that sweet after all. You know what I'm saying? Like and there's <laughs> this, it to me, it smells like he's potentially living a double life. He's left her high and dry. The house in Puerto Rico, I have so many questions, but at the and he's not Puerto Rican. And he's not Puerto Rican, which like, questions. But also she said, which I didn't know until I saw this, she said they just bought the house like six months ago. So if you've got that much debt, why would you buy a house? Because mm, I, I think there's a lot to be learned from the way our last president maneuvered hotels on how pe- how and why people buy certain properties in certain places. But I, and again, I know we don't want to judge and I want to be respectful and I'm a feminist, but can we just check in on how she acted in the first episode, right? And about how, how like she doesn't work and she wakes up and she just gets ready. Like you can't do not go on TV and embarrass yourself like this. You know, like if you're going to be on TV about being a rich woman, do some homework first, check your bank statements, right? Like ask Bravo for an advance. I don't know, but like for her to act how she acted in the last two episodes, and then walk in and with a tax lien and then a divorce and a baby Balenciaga that costs at least $4,000. Like, that's a lot for me. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there. And there's some other things that I could say, but I have to save those things for the reunion. You're listening to Heather Dubrow's World. Listen up. I have got to tell you guys about World Winner. So get this, you can play your favorite games and compete to win real money. Yes, real cash prizes. You can play on your phone or your tablet with the World Winner app, or you can even play on your computer at worldwinner.com. They've got solitaire, bingo, scrabble, wheel of fortune, and more. So many games, and they prize out more than $250,000 every single day. And I have a special offer for you. Download World Winner in the App Store, Samsung Galaxy Store, or go to the worldwinner.com website and enter promo code HEATHER to get up to $20 in free bonus bucks with your first deposit. That's promo code HEATHER. You're going to love this. This is amazing me time. So fun to unwind. But you also, you know, you get a little competitive. And once you're in the app, it's easy. Choose a game and then choose from a bunch of different tournaments and prize pools. Some are only 88 cents to enter. You'll get matched with opponents of similar skills, so it's an even playing field. Some of these tournaments prize out at $20,000, and you can withdraw your cash winnings whenever you want. World Winner has been around for more than 20 years and trusted by players around the world. They're 100% legit and all about fun, fair play. Again, that promo code is Heather, and it gets you up to $20 in free bonus bucks. Download the World Winner app or head to worldwinner.com now. You're going to love it. This is Heather Dubrow's World. Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Well, check off your to-do list at Macy's. I mean, I love weddings. Don't you love weddings? I love going to a wedding. But you have to be really careful with how you get dressed for a wedding because, all right, we all know you're not supposed to wear white, right? You can't wear a white unless they tell you to wear white. And you really don't want to wear black because if you wear black, unless they tell you to wear black, then it feels like 
you're going to a funeral, maybe, or you're depressed. About, anyway, you know what I'm saying. You have to be really careful about what you're going to wear to a wedding. So pulling together the perfect wedding look, not that easy. But when you go to Macy's, they've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, and jewelry by the way, even skincare and makeup. So you can pull together a look for any dress code. I love one-stop shopping and Macy's has it all. They've got your glow up covered. So fabulous. All the things you need all in one spot. Check out Macy's wedding shop to help you get celebration ready at macy's.com slash wedding shop. Listen, I'm like very, in one hand, I'm very sympathetic towards all that. Look, heartbreak is heartbreak and it's, it's not a nice experience, no matter who you are. So I totally, when she was like crying on FaceTime, I'm like, girl, I feel for you. And then on the other hand, I'm like, did you not really see this coming? You know, like, because the thing is, and I think we said it when we went over the first episode, like, if you talk that much about your sex life, it must not be good. You know what I'm saying? And she went very open about the marriage. But that, that was a little weird for me. So I was like, I mean, I will, I feel terrible that, you know, that she's dealing with everything with her son. I love her attitude about it. But like you were saying, Jefferson, putting that aside, like as a mother, I I see it, I get it. My heart breaks for that whole situation. Um, But when she, the next time we see her, she's with um, Gina at the cryotherapy, right? Yes. And, and she brings it up again. And she's talking again about the sex dungeon and my sex dungeon and my swing and my this. I was like, I, I don't. Un- and it may look, I've not ever been in a situation where my husband like ditched me and like I'm financially. Like, I can't imagine, honestly, how alone and desperate and like, what do I do? And like, I'm sure your emotions are all over the place. So again, like I feel bad. Like I don't really want to judge it. Although I did still think it's weird that she's still talking about the sex dungeon and the sex life. She fell asleep in the sex dungeon. Like it's a bedroom. It's not a dungeon. It's a room with a bed and what looks like a very cheap bed frame. Like, can we like, it's not a dungeon. No No one asked you if there was a cock ring. But also, like, we, we, it's about the timing of when she chooses to, like, bring it up. It was just so bizarre. And the owner of the Cairo plays, that was my face as everything was happening. She was, like, so confused hearing this conversation. I was so confused hearing this conversation. But I will say, I did have a thought. Um, maybe this is how, maybe sex is how she maybe coped with what was going on in her marriage. And that's how she convinced herself that maybe everything was fine because maybe they did have a bomb sex life, but that didn't, maybe that was the only good thing. There is no dick in the world worth $6 million in tax debt, Mandy. I'm sorry. Like there, it does not exist. Listen, ignorance is bliss. And she might be living, she might have lived that life up until she couldn't ignore the problems anymore. I mean, it's really easy to ignore problems especially financial ones, if you don't really see it and they're out of sight, out of mind, but all of a sudden when it blows up in your face, it's really hard to ignore. And I agree with you, like no penis is is worth that trouble, but you know what? Maybe to her it was because she did get to buy the baby Balenciaga and she did get to live this really luxurious life, not knowing what was going on behind closed doors. Like it is, look, a lot of women experience this and like they think, you know, they you always hear about like, I was blindsided with a divorce. Well, the Were question you? is, when do you, when did you know? She was definitely blindsided by the divorce because 
earlier in the episode, she said divorce. No, I meant about the money. Oh, Oh, mm. when did she find out? Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I think it had to be in the last couple of months because she said she found out after they bought the house. I mean, it's just crazy to me how this has all kind of unfolded and how we were all of a sudden on this ride with her that I was I was not prepared for. At all. Can I, can I, the last thing I want to say about this, just as a cautionary tale, this and to people listening, this is not how the world operates. I know plenty of rich people. I know plenty of rich housewives. They know, like, they know how to check bank statements. My mother's, my mother's name is on everything. She knows exactly how to get in touch with her account. She knows exactly how much money is made. When my dad lost a lot of money in the 2008 uh, financial crisis. We had a very frank conversation about what this is going to do and what this means and all that sort of stuff. There are plenty of women in the world who ask the right question. So the real question is, do you live in a community property state? And what's the accountant's name? And so anybody who's trying to marry a rich man and be a sugar baby, whatever, get his account information early. Make sure you're protected. And I agree. And and you're right, Jefferson. There's tons of super smart women. It's funny, like Tiffany Aliche, um, who's, they call her the budget nista. She's, do you know Tiffany, either of you? Well, you know Tiffany, because you've been yes. the show. Um, she's on the show, and we actually had her on uh, Seven Year Stitch. She's so, fa- I'm looking around for her book. She's so fabulous, and she talks about all of this stuff. So if there's anyone out there listening to this, go back and listen to any of those episodes she's been on the show, or go get her book, The Budget Nista. She's got a New York Times bestselling book, and it, it tells you how to do all this. And even if you think like, oh, I don't have enough money to even worry about something like that, you do. If you got a dollar, you got enough money to worry about it. So yeah, I, I, you know, like I was saying, like we got to a point years ago and I went, whoa, what's going on here? And like smartened up and, you know, now we're fine. But my gosh, man, yeah, you got to know what's going on. And rule number one for coming on a reality show is... Make sure there's, I mean, clearly I didn't know that there was, you know, something with Nicole from years ago, but to the best of your ability, make sure there's nothing lurking. I mean, we pay our taxes. We don't pay, we don't play games. Like we do our thing. But but also I will say it's a societal issue, right? I think as little girls, we're like told like from the get-go like the man takes care of everything and the man so is stupid which is it is stupid but it is something it's that true. is still taught you know what i'm saying i agree so, i agree and even even in our house i'll tell you like years ago terry started teaching nikki about money and i looked at him i'm like well why aren't you teaching max it's, Teach her it's too. A problem. it's a problem and i that's why i'm so like i'm so pro women learning about finance and at least knowing working. Like, and, and working and no working. And I guess being on the show is a job. And I, and I imagine that part of her ambitions to get, you know, raising her profile is because she probably sensed that she was going to need some money, but there is nothing wrong with working. You can be a rich woman. You can be a kept woman and still have an, a revenue stream. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move off of this. Let's move on because um, there were two like great scenes. One was with um, Jen, Dr. Jen and her family and Ryan, Ryan, Ryan um, and uh, and Travis and Gina. I thought those were both really great scenes. So well, let's start with Jen and Ryan. So what do you think about their whole vibe? I mean, I, I'll tell you for me personally, I have to say, I think it's super awkward, but 
I love how honest Jen is. I mean, there's just no bullshit with her when she's in her confessional and she's like, she's so honest about it. She's like, I married my mother. Clearly I have issues with this. We don't have a handshake. Like I just, I, I, like my, my throat started to close a little bit. Like I, I went from like feeling so terrible for Noelle and what she's going through. And then looking at Jen and being like, my gosh, like I, I see it. I get it. It's so palpable. This is a woman who's so ambitious and works her ass off and yet is missing all of this personal. She's like, to me, she's like, like so looking for someone to just hug her and tell her they love her and take care of her for five minutes. Cause she feels like she's taking care of herself and everyone around her. Yeah. I, I think I, I, they're so, you can tell that they love each other though. Right. And it's like yeah. her talking about her mom and stuff and losing her dad. I was like, I think I said this last week. It's like, you can tell that she's got some trauma, right? And I think she's like, she says she's married her mom. I think she married her mom. I think people marry their parents because they have, you know, they're kind of broken. They're looking to be healed. But I also think we've got to accept that if you want to be a certain type of person, which is how she's probably responding to trauma, like she becomes very ambitious. Being that kind of woman requires to have a different sort of partner. And so you can't get everything from one person. I think you end up with people that you recognize weirdly. Yep. So it's like funny. Cause you know, you want to go in a different direction, but weirdly you realize in some ways you didn't. And I even Terry and I talked about this recently. Cause I was, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. I was saying something like, huh, you so weirdly remind me of my dad when you blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? The, Cause I think it's like familiar to you. So to me, when I watched them, I thought, okay. So when she said she married her mom, she said her mom's like very British and very closed off and like all these things. And it, Ryan seems the same, you know, from what we've seen so far, he seems the same way, but I agree with you, Jefferson. Like, I think that they, there's a lot of love there. You feel it, but it feels like there's a weird barrier, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you what my therapist told me, because I, when I realized that the last, the three men I've ever loved in my life all were in a week of my dad's birthday. And I was like, this is weird. And I didn't know that until later. She's hmm. like, you don't want to be, you don't want to marry your father. You want to become your mother. And so therefore, and you have defined your mother by her relationship. And so to be your mother, you must marry your father. I think Jen having being so close to her dad ended up with her mom because she is emulating her dad. I'm not a shrink, but uh, I'm related. Oh, Jefferson for the win. Lane, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense to me. I honestly just, look, looking at their relationship, I do agree. Like, I see a lot of love there. I just think, you know, Jen is the type of person who wants more. She craves that. And she craves having that that family dynamic. And my heart kind of broke for her when you see the mom doing the handshake with the kid. And she's kind of like off in the sun. Like, my goodness, like, I want you to have a handshake with your mom and with your daughter at this point. But I do think it's really complex. And I think, you know, when we end up with partners that emulate our, our parents or somebody, it's just a comfort thing. It's almost yeah. comforting because that's the way you've grown up for years. That's all you know. And so to break that is really hard. It doesn't matter how many times, you know, you get your heart broken or how you say, you know, I don't want to be with a person who is like this. It is, there's something weirdly comforting about it. And that's not saying that it's the right thing to do, but it is the human thing to do. And that's I'm what rooting, 
Yeah, I'm rooting for them though. Like I watch Me that too. and I'm like, oh, just hug her, say something nice. Like I, just, I want that. I, I, think, think, I think he loves her, dude. And um, I, think, I do and I too. Think he, I think he seems to be any man. I'm sorry, I hate to sound like a misogynist, but any man who's gonna go on TV knowing how the internet works and be a house husband, knowing that people are gonna drag him, that's a man who loves his wife and has chosen his wife and what and her ambitions over his pride or his ego. And I, I'm not sure he had much choice in it. And I know for a fact, he is not a social media guy. He will not see one thing. Oh, I think you said this. I can't, I maybe, you know what? I'm a man. I'm giving this man way too much credit, but I think he loves her. And I I hope that they can both get to a point where maybe instead of looking at what's not right, they can look at what is right and enjoy that. This is Heather Dubrow's world. You guys remember when I jacked up my leg trail running and it was right before I went on vacation? Well, it got me thinking, what if I got injured when I was on one of my trips and I needed emergency help? And that's how I found out about AirMed Care Network Fly You Home. If you get hurt or sick and are hospitalized more than 150 nautical miles from home, they will transport you to a hospital of your choice in a medically equipped private aircraft and you won't have to pay a dime out of pocket for it. They've also completed more than 18,000 missions and have over 30 years of experience, so you can expect industry-leading care while recovering. Now, I know what you're thinking. This must be expensive, but it's as cheap as $134 a year for your entire household. And if you use code HEATHER, they'll give you up to a $60 gift card when you join. So for all of you like me who love getting out there, I can't recommend enough the financial peace of mind you feel with an AMCN Fly You Home membership. Just visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash Heather today and get up to a $60 gift card with code Heather. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com slash Heather and use code Heather. You're listening to Heather Dubrow's World. If you're a working woman, you might be looking to level up in your career, or maybe you want to pivot into a completely different industry. Well, whatever your goal is Georgia Tech Scheller's College of Business, they can help you get there. The Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business full-time MBA program consistently ranks top 20 in the nation. Scheller's full-time MBA program is ranked number one among top business schools when comparing total tuition costs with the average starting salary. Tuition is over 50% lower than other comparable ranked programs. The full full-time MBA class of 2023 achieved a record-breaking average salary of over $154,000, a 12.5% increase from the previous year. In addition to the affordable tuition, Scheller offers many full scholarships and fellowships for women. If you want to discover more about the program, attend one of their full-time MBA webinar information sessions. When you attend an information session, you'll receive an application fee waiver. Visit gtmbawomen.com. Dot com to learn more and see where a Scheller MBA will take you. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Okay, what about Travis and Gina? I 
I like Travis so much. And so what I let, I love them. I love the two of them. And we've spent a lot of time with them. I actually just saw Travis the other night because um, his kids go to a school with my kids. And so um, we were at the school show. And so we saw him. He's just like, he's got the best energy. He's the best guy. But she never told me that they had that engagement conversation. I think it's interesting that she, she said, and it stood out to me when she said, you know, I feel like in my age, it feels silly to be referred to as the girlfriend. I want to be the girlfriend. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it there's bother a, me. <laughs> I don't think she should rush into anything, especially after, you know, the experience she had with her first husband. I'm like, you know, I really like the dynamic that they had. I thought the conversation was funny. It was real. Like, I just really like them as a couple, but like, for Gina, I was like, just enjoy the bliss right now. Enjoy the stage you're at right now. Who cares if you're a little embarrassing, you're the girlfriend, you shouldn't be because you're a survivor. And that is enough. Like I wanted to tell her like a ring on your finger doesn't change anything. And I think, again, I think it's a societal thing because after you get to a certain age, you know, people are like, you know, why aren't you married? And like, you're a single mom with three kids, but who gives a shit? Right. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that to the people's champ. She's the people's champ. She's a grown <laughs> woman and she deserves a husband, okay? Pussy is platinum. If he wants to Listen. keep holding on to a bad bitch that she is, he needs to lock it down with something over five carrots <gasps> on the right side of her. He party. can't afford that. What's the rush, Jefferson? I understand. Like, I understand what you're saying. And if that's what they, they want, then fine. But what's the rush and why force it? I feel like when you force things, they don't end up the way you want it to. And you don't want to give a man who treats you because she is a people's champ a woman who deserves it, you don't want to force him into something and you don't want to, you don't want to um, make it something that it, it's not that right now. It's not the timing. I think half of it is wanting to. And the other part of it is the timing of it. Give him time. This is still fresh. Everything is still so fresh. I think she, she played might- it right though. I think she was, it was right down the middle. She like, she mentioned it. She like let him scared away. She didn't like but like she didn't beat him down with it, but she like placed the seed. She and then she acknowledged, I am a grown ass woman and I want to be a wife. And so she put that out there. And then when he said it'll happen when it happens, she was like, Fair. Yeah. So I didn't know her backstory. I mean, I knew a, a little bit, but I didn't really know the full story. She told me later when we got closer, not on camera, like just off camera. She explained to me, like, because I haven't watched the show. So like I didn't know. And so, um, so my whole thing, you know, and especially now knowing her full story and everything that happened with her ex and, you know, all of that. And, you know, you saw even in the first episode, they showed that she had to go to court and, you know, you hear what happened. She really told me all the details. And when you hear all that, I thought, gosh, but here you are for the first time. When I first heard that she and Travis were living together with all these kids, like my first instinct was, oh my gosh, that's so soon. You just got out of this marriage and now you're, you know, you jumped into this, but I truly believe this. I think that she just got so lucky and met the right person at that time. And it just worked. So when I got to know her and I got to know them together, I, that opinion completely fell away. Cause that was just like my instinct. Like if it was my, if she were my kid, I would be like, wait, 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 <laughs> slow down. But when you get to know them and you see, and they're so great together and 
they they operate like such a functioning family with all six kids are like the Brady Bunch. And it's it's really, really nice. But I would say as far as the ring concerned, the ring means nothing that I mean, that's a lot of paperwork. Maybe it's a party. I don't know. But for me, I would just feel like we're, we're committed to each other. We're living this life together. And I would just keep going with the flow. I don't see the rush to, to get and married. I, and I think Travis knows that he's a very lucky man and the type of woman that he's, he has. And he I adores he her. her, you know, like go or fuck up intentionally, you know, that way. And, and, and to your point about like you thinking at first that it was too soon, it was funny because um, I recently had a friend who got divorced and moved on pretty quickly, you know, and I kind of said something like, wow, like, that was a little fast. She's like, you know, from to an outsider, it might seem fast, but the marriage was dead for years. I've been seeking right. it forever. And I think we need right. to remember that, you know, that sometimes, yes, they got divorced yesterday, but they haven't been sleeping in the same bed for three years. So like, what, right. what difference does it make? And yeah. also there's no, no one, you don't benefit from like staying on like, so on like a public on the public's version of a calendar, right? And so it's like, if you like to go jump from one relationship to another relationship, and that's what makes you happy and a good mom, and if and if you want, if you need a, a ring, you know, one of, my, one of my friends got married and she's like, I don't care if it's real, I just want a big ring. So she got married with the Moissanite ring. And I'm like, if if that what if that's what makes you happy, by all means, it's not going to work for me. But yeah. if, like, if, if, <laughs> you're like, if, I want a GIA if, certificate, or don't even call. In short, and, but it's like you know, like if you need certain things that I think are dumb to make you happy, then you get to do that. And so if she's saying I need a ring, and I think he understands she's probably a little neurotic. If that's what she's asking for, then he'll either put up or. Or she'll calm down. One of the two. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, okay. And then I'm not in this episode very much, which I was really happy about, to be honest with you. I feel like I got a break. But I have to tell you, I laughed so hard watching that scene between me and Terry and the text messages going up. And Terry keep trying to talk. And the text message that kept going and going and going. I cracked up. What a mirror, Heather. What? What a mirror. (laughs) I was dying the entire time because I didn't see the conversation going that way. And right. I felt like I was Terry. Like I thought you were done. And then it continued. I'm like, oh, my God. God." I was on this journey just cracking up. I literally cried. Um, But that text message you sent Shannon. That was. Well, here's the. Yeah. Here's the thing. And then I want to hear your guys both thoughts on it. So it took her and I don't think I say this in the ep- I did, they didn't show it, but it took her almost a week to reach out to me. So I had already heard from and spoken to everyone. I mean, Noella texted, Noella's one of the last to leave my house and Jen too, both texted me the next day. Um, I had heard from Nicole, I, which you see in the episode, we had spoken on the phone. I mean, I'd heard from absolutely everyone. I had lunch with Gina and Emily, but nothing from Shannon for a week. And that text message she sent me, there was no apology in there. It was just like, hey, this didn't go well. We should talk. And so, and then you saw what I, my very lengthy response. And then she said, I'm sorry you feel that way. My, my apology was genuine. And I was like, but there was no apology. So what are you, what are you talking about? And honestly, I was still so upset. 
I mean, I wanted her to apologize to Nicole. And honestly, I wanted her to apologize to Terry. Like those were my big things. Like I was just so mad. And remember, I had already like Gina wanted to have lunch with me, talked to me, nipped it in the bud. A week later, can you imagine how I've now had a conversation in my mind with Shannon a thousand times over a week? It doesn't get better in my brain. I think Shannon missed an opportunity. And I think what, what happened, honestly, is that probably Shannon realized everybody else had reached out and she's like, shit. Like, no, I, I don't said, think she knew. Really? I just, I don't know. I really feel like one of the feelings I have about Shannon throughout this entire episode is like, pick a lane, pick a lane. Either you trust these people or you don't trust these people. I just want you to stick with it. I want you to stick with it because you're making a fool. And I thought talking about like the whole Nicole situation that that um dinner between Noella, Nicole, and Shannon, the way Shannon walked into me was so awkward. Like, like, how are you doing? Like, oh, not everything's okay, or whatever she said. I'm like, what a way to go into this. Like, you are literally here to try to make amends, and you come with such negative energy. And I'm like, what a way to start off. If I were Nicole, which by the way, <laughs> I loved her jumpsuit. I love the Jean jumpsuit. By the way, I thought Nicole was badass. I loved the way she talked about it. She was like, he didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem. Why'd you have a problem? Yeah, yeah. No, I thought Nicole handled that. She handled that perfectly. Right? Wait, but back to our, so back to me and Terry just for a second. So what did you think that my text message, Jefferson, did you think my text message was too much? I think that your tagline is becoming truer and truer, where you are just, I mean, respectfully, you are just a gold standard. You're beautiful. You're rich. You got a happy husband, a nice house, great kids. You got a good career outside of the show. Shannon is stumbling through trying to be one-tenth as together as you are for however reason, whether it's hook or crook, money, whatever, however you got here, you are just more clear about life and how you're moving than she is and I think she is just stumbling and I think you have really high standards that you're able to meet and I don't think she's able to meet them and I think y'all's relationship would benefit from you having a level of grace that you don't have to have but I think if you don't she's just going to continue to disappoint you I don't think the text message was like too much at all I can see maybe somebody who who might but I think that because I know so much time has passed it's been a week how do you not say that much you know especially when somebody upset you and I think the fact that she's texted you like a one sentence text message kind of speaks volumes because there's so many emotions and sure maybe it should have been a conversation in person but she didn't reach out until that point and like you said you had already had this conversation a hundred times in your head so how are you not just gonna like go off you know and I'm a big fan of the paragraphs I think I think that is gonna be the theme of the season I think Shannon is intimidating I think she might need to get off tv but I I mean listen I think your reaction was valid I didn't think you were bitch to her Heather no I do think that it would behoove you to perhaps consider that maybe Shannon isn't vindictive or, or lazy. Maybe 
he, she is intimidated. And it took her a week to build up the courage to say anything because she royally fucked up and genuinely didn't mean to. Imagine what it must be like to have all the best intentions, go on TV and then make an ass out of yourself, lose your two old friends and your potential new old friend. Like it would take me a week to put myself between my legs and type a word, let alone. That's fair. I appreciate that. I can go there. I just feel like, I mean, I think there, it's a more global issue again, that's probably for the reunion, but I will tell you that at the time I just felt like, I, I didn't even want to talk to her, to be honest with you. I was so disgusted. But in, in the retrospectoscope, I wish she had just thrown herself on her sword at some point and just said, sorry, even when she was at my house that night, which you don't see the whole conversation, but it was all about like, it was like the blame was on someone else. And it was, it was, everything was qualified. There was no like, boy, did I screw up? I am so sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even when she said, I'll keep apologizing that night, it was like for these people ruining your party. You know what I'm saying? So, no, you're right. They're like, so, the accountability goes very far. Yeah. Yeah. And Shannon so, does say in this episode that the one that ruined your party was strictly Gina. Yeah. She literally said it was Gina's fault. See, so because, I'm- and that's the problem is that, like, when you look, I, I never assume I'm always right, but there are definitely people that like, I don't assume my kids are right. Like if someone ever called me, this doesn't happen. But like, if someone called me and said, Oh, you know, something happened between the kids or honestly, if one of the kids comes home and says they have a problem with a friend or something, I don't assume my kids, right. I'm like, well, what happened? Like, well, what'd you do? What they do? You know, like you can't assume that they're always right. Cause they're not, I'm not always right. But sometimes you encounter people that feel like they are empirically right. And that is difficult. If you can't say, wow, I messed up. I did this. This started with me. How do you move forward? Intent versus impact. And that is a yeah. conversation that people, that a lot of people need to be having around a lot of things, but I think personal accountability would would help her in a lot of ways, but I also think that that comes with a level of self-awareness and strength that I don't think this woman has. Hmm. We'll have to see how all of that plays out. You're listening to Heather Dubrow's World. Well, you guys know that I love to entertain, but I don't always love to have dishes, rent dishes, clean dishes, deal with dishes, dishes that break, et cetera, et cetera. So my go-to for disposables is Chinette brand. I love Chinette brand. Uh, You know, I love their tagline is here's to us because they make these really amazing disposables that feel elevated. They feel fancy. They're, they're not like those chintzy, uh, you know, disposables that you think of of years past. They have China Classic, China Crystal, and China Comfort. They're durable, no bends or leaks, microwave safe, and made with at least 80% recycled materials. Made right here in the USA. Plus, the China Crystal has that elegant look that guests aren't afraid to touch with no shatter and a unique swirl design. This China brand can handle anything from the messiest ribs to the most generous slices of cake. They're environmentally conscious and easy cleanup and perfect for all of life's get-togethers. Great for holiday gatherings and made with at least 80% of recycled materials. Visit mychinet.com to find out more. That's M-Y-C-H-I-N-E-T.com. 
Now, back to Heather Dubrow's world. I will say, I think people who are that way, you know, where they always think they're right, it's it's impossible for them to see anybody else's opinion and kind of take it into consideration because I am literally, I mean, very different, not Real Housewives drama, but like experiencing this with a close friend of mine. And like at, at one point, like you have- me? No. <laughs> you have not called me this week. Is it me? <laughs> it's, no, no, no. It's not Jefferson. I want it on the record, but it's one of these things where, you know, she's lost a lot of people around her, friends. Um, and I'm kind of starting to shy away from the friendship. And so I, I like sit back sometimes thinking, and I'm like, at what point do you realize you're the problem? Right. You know, that it's not everybody else, that it's not, you know, that they, you know, ask too much of you or that the friendship is one-sided, although all those things could be true. At one point you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm the one losing friends and these people are all sticking together. What am I doing that might be driving people away? If you want to be friends with those people. Exactly. But it's very clear to me that, you know, Shannon in her head thinks she wants to be friends with everybody. You know, she like says, you know, I value, I wanted to start fresh with Heather and, and, you know, like I thought I could trust them and all this stuff, but in like, Okay, but I'm still you, not looking inside. No. And at what point do you say, okay, I'm the problem. What am I doing that is not like letting me have the friendships that I want to have? And also you hear Gina talking about, you know, again, not having not seen the show for the last couple of years, but Jefferson can probably comment on this, is that this is a a problem that happens over and over and over again, where she feels that Shannon like basically like pokes the, the bee's nest and runs, you know? Shannon is like a 17 year old who you're screaming at to grow up. And then you have to remember that while they should grow up, they're also still a child. And it's like, you got to do both at the same time. And I think what happens with Shannon time and time and time again is that she thinks that she is somebody that she is just not. And she thinks she is that girl and she is just not that girl. And she thinks everybody is her best friend and they are not. And I think she just maneuvers in a really dumb way. And I don't know why. And I, it's, it's so hard to defend this woman because she is just all of 58 years old. And she consistently makes really poor choices. And I think Mandy's right. She does. It's like, I think she just changes her mind halfway through and she's too embarrassed to admit that like, you're just not making smart choices. Just and say- I think we all, but we all do that. I mean, I've, I've done that when I was younger. I, I mean, I get it. Even when they showed that flashback of, even when they showed that flashback of me and Shannon and the chair at the table, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And I was so annoyed because I didn't want to be stuck at the end of the table because I was seated across from someone that I did that I had been seated across from like the time before. And it was like, there's no conversation with this person. This is going to be really boring. Da, da, da. And then I got manipulated to move. And so I wanted to take the chair back, but it was so stupid. I just should have fucking sat there. Who cares? And, but you look at that and you go, Oh, such an idiot, but you learn from it. But you can't do that if you aren't comfortable with where you are. Like, it's, a, it's very easy to talk about, you know, like, 
losing money and making poor financial decisions when you have money now, right? Yeah, like it's, it's really difficult because Shannon just is still not getting it right, right? So she can't, you know, she can't laugh at the ways in which she got it wrong because she's still doing it. Okay, so then we go into the cryotherapy, which I feel like we talked about with the sex dungeon in the cryotherapy. Um, I love that Gina is like trying to be the supportive friend for Noella, even if she doesn't know her. Like that, you know, that specific. That's her though. She, Gina will take in, like, she, she's a lover. She just is. That's her personality. And I really like the fact that Gina was the one that reached out to Shannon. Yes, um, I I wanted to bring. I that thought up. that was very nice of her. It was very nice of her, but one of the the biggest things that has like sat in my head, right, is like that point where Shannon goes, "I go out of my way to be kind to you," and Gina's like, "You don't have to go out of your way." You know what I'm saying? And I think that that is the summary of Shannon in just like one sentence. Like she just yeah, like she, yeah she's she encapsulated it. Perfectly. You don't, you know, why should you have to go out of your way to be nice? I'm just nice. And we, we all can't be nice all the time. I get that. Like we're human. We're all bound to like be pissed and, and, and like say really fucked up things and do fucked up things. But it's like when it's happening in the volume that it is happening, I'm just like, again, please look at yourself and say, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? It doesn't have to be this hard. But let's move on. If you're you're trying hard and you can't get it right, once again, it's not hard for Gina to be nice because Gina's a down bitch. She's the people champ. Okay, she knows what she's doing. Okay, it's easy for her to be charming and nice and and available. Shannon is not Gina. Okay, and she will never be Gina. Ain't nobody gonna be Gina. All right, let let's move on to to Emily. Let's move on to Emily and Shane and him passing the bar and how she talks about all that and being Mormon and that whole thing. He didn't seem that excited about passing the bar. Do you think he was embarrassed? I think having his wife, having his wife know that they lowered the test score. And I think, I don't know if he was embarrassed. I think he's trying to like take it in stride and just kind of place it. It's like, I passed the bar. I'm a grown man. It's something I wanted to do. We don't need to like jump through hoops. That's just, it is what it is. That way, no one can ever say anything like, oh, why are you so excited? They lowered the test score for you. He didn't say anything. He's like, look, I passed. I'm happy. Right. But she did make the comment that like he when he graduated college, he didn't even tell his mom. So just so you know, his parents are, first of all, they're the cutest couple ever. They're like very small people. <laughs> like his mother's gorgeous gorgeous and they're small and they just celebrated their i think 50 year wedding anniversary they had a big party for them like his family's like very wealthy and really very close they have a very very close relationship but so i thought it was a little odd when she said that shane didn't tell his mother when he graduated college i thought that was so bizarro to me and so i thought with Emily, at first I thought, is she jabbing him about passing the bar? But then I realized, I think she wants to, she's trying to give him a moment. I think that, you know, when I heard that he hadn't told his mom about like graduating college, there's a lot of people, I think what it all stems down to, and this is obviously my opinion, is that Shane is a little insecure. And so he thinks that he's not going to be able to do things. And then when he does do it, he's like, okay, like, I'm just going to, I did it and that's no big deal. But I think in his head, 
he maybe didn't think he was going to pass the bar. Maybe in his head, he, he never thought he would actually graduate college. So he kept it quiet. And, and in his head, it wasn't a big deal because it was kind of just like this goal he set for himself. I know people who are like that, who keep, you know, those sort of things from their family. And like, you know, me, you and Jefferson can be like, man, that's so strange. But when you don't think that you're going to do something or you're a little, you have insecurities about, you know, your intelligence, or your capabilities, that's totally fair. And I honestly look like Emily's a, a badass woman, right? And he's married to her. And to him, maybe it isn't a big deal because he wants to celebrate her success. And maybe she wants to do the same, but it's not needed for him. What do you think, Jefferson? I mean, yeah, I, I I agree with Mandy, especially like if he if he comes from a, a successful family and his wife is successful, I think, you know, trying something new later in life, you kind of you're a little more timid about celebrating. It's kind of like when you get married for the third time, not everybody wants to have a big wedding. They don't want to wear white. It's like, I don't know that I need to do all this. Right. Because like, it's is it like, sure, for him, good for him for passing the bar. But is it that special that a grown ass man is going to have a job? Full stop. No. Right. Well, he like, already has a full time job. I mean, that's why she was saying like, well, isn't it going to be different? He goes, no, you know, I'm still going to work, still doing my thing. That's it's like, what I'm saying. it's like, it's simple. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought I loved the conversation about faith and all of that. I thought that was great. I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit because they touched on it. Obviously, this is a running theme for them. But, I, you know, they their family just seems to make sense to me. They seem to all really like each other. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You're not agreeing with that. They do. What? No, I got the sense that they do. And I thought it was very sweet, you know, at the end where I'm forgetting her name, but um, Emily's daughter is like, dad, if Annabelle. I get baptized, Annabelle, if I get baptized now, can I get unbaptized 10 years? I later? know that was so funny. Like, was- I changed my mind. What happens? But that's how he's like, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Like not on camera, dear. <laughs> I like I I'm going to tell you you're going to hell later. <laughs> They do make a lot of sense. And I think given the the scare that they had during the pandemic, I think that brought on, from what I can sense, a new chapter in their marriage where they it's one full of like gratitude and just like they're just so happy to be together and they know that the time is limited. And I think that's why we're, we're seeing these lar- larger conversations, especially around faith, right? Because they almost lost it all. Yeah. And so I think when you almost lose it all in that way, you have a new profound um, gratitude towards just life, even like the difficult parts of it. I also think that people who are like happy, I've noticed this like in my life and on TV and everywhere, it's like when people are just settled and they're happy and they're moving forward, they tend to be less dramatic about the good or the bad. They're like, yeah, this is just life. Life is good. This is my person. This is like, we have a problem. We're going to fix it. We're excited. We're going to keep going. And so it's like, it can be a little anticlimactic for TV, but it's like normal people do interesting and complicated things every day and they don't always have a party because you just keep going because this is your life and this is how you do. Well, you know, I like to celebrate, so I'm all for the party. I'm normal, like, Heather. life is short. Break out the champs, put up some balloons. Let's have a moment. Why not? I remember, I mean, like even when the kids were little, when they lost their first tooth, I would have like a cake. We would do like, we would sing happy tooth losing to you. Like, I thought it was fun. I thought it was silly and fun to do stuff like that. But then I peaked a long time ago. I think I'm done with that stuff. I was about to say the most embarrassing story about my mother, who also loves to celebrate every stage and everything. But like, 
this woman just took it too far. So I won't say it. Let's just say she celebrated when I, um, got your period. Yes. You know, but that's a thing. Like I, I heard this and I, and I mean, I, we didn't, I mean, my mom didn't talk about anything. So we obviously didn't know it, but I heard in some, it might even be the Jewish faith that people, they slap you. So you remember. In the South and in Orthodox Jewish communities, a lot of times they'll slap you. And they, they always say like, that's for what you're going to do now that you're a woman. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay, Jezebel, there you go. <laughs> My mom did not slap me, but she did get me a cake and call the entire, like, all my aunts and stuff. And so everybody was like, That's so embarrassing. Like, I was like, I was mortified because, like, I had my aunt calling from Dominican Republic, like, congrats. And I'm like, on what? Like, what are we celebrating? I'm like, mom, I'm going to take away your phone. This is just, like, not a thing. I'm like, this is why I don't tell you anything. I didn't even want to tell her in the first place because I knew she was going to be dramatic. All Latina mom problems, honestly. Well, with my girls, like I didn't do anything like that, but we definitely had a private moment. And I, I'm not calling, I wouldn't say it was like a celebration, but I would say it was like a conversation and each different with them. Um, because it, it is like a, a different phase of your life. And so there, there is an interesting conversation to be had. But to me, it wasn't like, woohoo! cramps and tampons for the next 40 years congratulations it is not something to celebrate like at all and I honestly like in retrospect I would have loved for my mother to have a conversation with me other than like the cake aspect of it because I didn't know a lot of things and like she didn't sit down and explain anything to me I had to go to my older sister so I'm like you're not gonna explain this to me then why are we celebrating it but I think it just all comes back to like very taboo things but that's neither here nor there that's when so my funny lost his virginity he posted about it on my facebook wall no he, he said, stop he, it he was like i just had sex and i was like yep there it is <laughs> did he know that the entire world could see you did he think he yes like- yes he did this is heather dubrow's world okay well you know i have a lot of kids in my house and a boy and they stink And there's all kinds of everyday stink concerns. There's workout clothes. We got pets. There's pet orders. There's tough laundry orders from children's sports clothes, socks. They are no match for you with OxyClean Odor Blasters. OxyClean Odor Blasters is specifically formulated to tackle the toughest odors in your home, not just cover them up. Work your magic with OxyClean Odor Blasters. Visit MyOxyClean.com. Trust me, do it now. Well, hey there, it's me, KBK Dog winner of Dancing with the Stars season 29, star of The Bachelorette season 11, best dressed out of Leduc, Alberta, Canada's kindergarten class of 88, mentor on this upcoming season of The Bachelorette, whatever, super excited. But for real, no matter how you know me, by the way, it's Caitlin Bristow, or even if you don't know me just yet, I think you should check out my podcast. It's called Off the Vine. And every Tuesday, I sit down with a guest and ask questions you all want the answers to. Sometimes it's someone you know from the Bachelor world or one of my friends here in Nashville or a celebrity you've seen over on the TikTok and on Thursday's Grape Therapy episodes. I do Bachelor, Bachelorette recaps, Bachelor in Paradise recaps, catch up with friends and always get listeners, a.k.a. my vinos, involved. We laugh, we cry, we joke around, we get serious, real and authentic, and no matter what, we always have a glass of wine in hand. 
or a few. You can find my pod off the vine wherever you're listening to this one right now. I release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So click on the old subscribe button and let me know what you think. This is Heather Dubrow's world. Here's Heather. Um, okay. So the, the, the rest of the show, we kind of touched on each of those particular things, but just in general, um, you know, we talked about Jen and Ryan and the handshakes and all that stuff. And I think that the Nicole, Noella, Shannon dinner, and just to wrap that part up, I mean, I thought, again, I thought Nicole spoke beautifully. You know, he didn't care. I didn't care. Why do you care? Like, why are you in my business? And I really didn't feel in that moment that Shannon was owning any of her part in it. No, I, I, I didn't. But I, I remember thinking last night watching it, I was like, th- th- like, you hit all of your emotions at the exact right time. It's like, here's my anger. And here's what here's, let me put you in your place. But then also let me show you how I can move on. You know, and like, that's yes. exactly what you need to do. Like, I'm pissed and I get the right to be pissed. But you know what? I'm a lady, so we can move on. Nicole was like that. Yes. Yeah, she handled it so beautifully. She was just like, I believe you. I believe your heart is good. I'm going to move on with this. And then, and then think, he- Shannon is a friend. I think Shannon thinks that if she doesn't cop to it, people will believe her. And so she's like, oh, it's not my fault. So maybe you'll stop yelling. And it's like, no. I, I, well, I was but there that's too. the thing. That's like when, when she was saying to me in my house, like, I'm a good friend. Or if someone says, I'm honest or I'm the. It's not about what you say. It's about how you act. And I've said this before. I will say this again. But in Max's book, shameless plug for I'll give it to you straightish. One of the biggest take homes for me wasn't that. I mean, there's a lot of parenting fails. There's parenting wins. But what she wrote about things she saw me doing ways. I was living my life, the ways I was speaking, way I was speaking to people, treating people and and handling situations and the lessons she gleaned from watching me, because you can talk, 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 talk. But if you're not walking the walk, it's, it's no one's buying it. And so I think that's like the take home. You can tell people I'm not involved. It's not my fault. I'm a good person. I did it. But if you're not living that truth, no one buys it. I, I will say that I've learned my lesson in the past three episodes And I'm no longer disappointed by Shannon and her actions because I've lowered my expectations of what she's actually going to do and correct course. And I think that that was a big lesson for me because going into this, like I wanted a root for Shannon. I'm like, you know what? Like I want her to redeem herself. I don't know much about this lady, but you know what? I'm going to give her a chance. But my expectations were set too high and I refuse to let her keep disappointing me anymore. I just have to accept her for who she is and know that she, you know, unfortunately, like that's not a person that I'm going to find myself rooting for, for the rest of the season. I'm rooting for her. I, I believe that with enough therapy that, and, and, and I don't know, like a Xanax or something, I don't know, like that she could, she could be a decent dinner party guest. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with all of that. Um, and then that we touched on this a little bit, but that final scene with Gina and Shannon, um, we'd already mentioned that she said, you know, I don't have to go out of my way to be kind to you and all that, but, but then they invite Noella over 
who comes over and is now telling them there's no credit cards, there's nothing. But there is a way, like, like Jefferson, you were talking about the baby Balenciaga bag. So she's telling us that she's been cut off the credit cards and she has no money and she's showing us her gazillion dollar bag. I don't know. It's funny. You were saying like, that was so weird to me. It's almost like I, I felt like she was so like in shock and didn't like, just doesn't even know what the fuck she's saying. Part of it was like, I hope the IRS isn't watching. Okay. So this is the thing. Manny doesn't know this. The IRS watches Bravo. Like the amount of housewives who have had tax issues, the IRS has told Bravo and they've done it on the show a million times. They're like, we watch. That's how in Atlanta, uh, Phaedra's, they knew where his cars were because it was on the show. Like right. anyone who watches Bravo knows that the IRS is looking. Yeah. We pay our taxes. <laughs> A lot of <laughs> but, them. But I think, and I said this in the first episode, it's like she has that she has that new money vibe about her. And I think she's playing a role. So to your point, Heather, where you like, she doesn't realize what she's saying. I think she's so caught up in being the fabulous girl and that da 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 And they're like, oh, even Gina's like, you look so beautiful and stress looks great on you. And she's like, yeah, da da da. It's like, this does, I mean, like, I, who am I to tell you how to process your divorce? But this does not scream a new, a, rec- a shockingly recently divorced woman with no money. And so it's, it's hard for me to, to, to place it. And I just have more questions than I have sympathy. I'm sitting back and I will say that when she walked in, despite her, you know, circumstances i thought she looked really good like that was like the, i was like okay you. Look i cute. liked that less done up look on her i liked yeah. it too i've never seen her like that yeah i really i was like okay she looks really cute actually and it's kind of nice to see her real but like i just want her to come back down to earth for a second and like i i get it like it must be such a shock but i'm like and especially now that i know what i know right because like i have new information on this I'm like, at at one point, you had to know that this wasn't necessarily going to end well. And if you found out about your husband's financial discrepancies six months ago, then you should have been prepping yourself for six months because it wasn't going to end well. You can have, the person can have all the best intentions. And going back to the house in Puerto Rico, mark my words that I would not be shocked if this man has a second family on that island. Oh, for he, sure. That, oh, stop it. No, for sure. That man has a second. He's not selling the house because his kids and his abuela live down there. I'm telling you, that it, that is that screams to me double life he has a double life and he tried to live them both at the same time and now he's caught he sent divorce papers in spanish and he's not even spanish okay i just want to say for the record there i have never heard of any double life with him i have no information that would ever lead me in that direction i do nothing about anything like that i do not believe that to be true the opinions are of mandy and jefferson and not of me heather dubrow I'm just saying that for the record, because I don't believe that to be true, but it's very funny. That being said, I will, I, I just, I'm rooting for her. I hope she figures it out for herself, for herself and for her son. I do, but I, I want her to work and I want her to, to put, to sell some of her bags. Um, well, that's an interesting point. Will she sell the bags? Will she, I don't know. 
I've no I'll let idea. you know if I see them on the real real. <laughs> Which is what they're for, by the way. Like the whole point, the whole reason you buy nice stuff is so if you ever go broke, you can pawn them. Like it's an investment <laughs> because it's worth something. I don't buy stocks. I buy Chanel because it goes up more than the Dow. Like that's the whole point. No, we have to have a stock conversation separately, Jefferson. Yes, that, that is not true. I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to help you in that area. Thanks, um, it's true. I love the stock market. But um, okay, so I would say this. I will say that I thought that I thought that Shannon and Gina, I don't know, like I was surprised. I was happy and irritated and surprised and not surprised how quickly they just sort of made up and moved on. I think the flashback of when Shannon was helping Gina when she was literally on the floor gave that a lot of context. Perspective, yeah. Yeah, like I think that Gina is not going to forget that because it was her moment in need and seeing her in such distress and Shannon kind of had, it was bizarre to see Shannon have like her head straight and be like, you have to make sure you have this and this and this and make sure you're good. I think that that brings a lot of perspective to the situation. And I think that if it were me, if I were Gina, I would give her the second chance because she gave me in my situation a second chance and didn't judge me. And so I think this is going to be, it was, it was quick to be fixed now, but should this happen again? I don't think Gina will be as quick to, to forgive and forget. Right. My whole thing. And then I want to, I'm going to give Jefferson the last word here. I mean, I think for me, I, one thing that I always say is, you know, I think it's easy to be a friend to someone when the chips are down and Shannon's really good like that. Like if there's a problem, she is there she will help and, you know, do whatever she can. But I think it's more challenging to be a good friend when someone's successful and enjoying and celebrating their success. And to me, that's the medal of a real friend because I think going, oh, poor thing. Let me help you. Let me call my person. Let me get you a doctor. Let me get you a lawyer. Let me get you. How can I help you? How can I help you? You poor thing um, is easier for people to do than be your cheerleader when, you know, you're doing great. Absolutely. I will also say, I will also just say that there was a moment in that conversation where they were like, they both kind of said lesson learned. And I think that was some shade. And I think that was real. And I think both of them. For each of them. Yeah. I think both of them just, just realized that this conversation wasn't going to go anywhere. Noelle was on her way. And so they're like, you know what? Cool. Caught up. I know. I see who you are and I'm going to govern myself accordingly, which is what they should do. But I don't think that they're going to be the closest of friends for the rest of the season. All right. Well, time will tell. Did you like the episode? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love the episode. I think that every episode is teaching me the levels of drama that this show can kind of bring, you know, every week. I'm just like, surprised and a little bit more invested in everybody's life but it's it's yeah that's what that was the other thing I thought too I thought it gave us a reprieve from drama which I liked and I feel like we learned a lot about a lot of people I I I liked that like I like because to me the whole thing about being on this show you know I the way I always describe it it's like Mrs. Kravitz you know it's like someone peeking into your window shade and like seeing what's going on in your house. And when there's those family moments, 
and those personal moments and people are authentic about them, I, I feel like now we're friends. And now it reminds me why when I see people out in the world and they come over and talk to me and they feel like they know me, I understand it now. I think the show specifically, I mean, I'm going to talk about the season because it's all I've seen from from what I can take. Everybody's authentically them, whether that's for better or for worse. And I at least appreciate that. They always say like this thing where we're on the TV and money, it's like it doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are. And so I I think we're just realizing that people are complicated and that just because you have a nice bag or great skin does not mean that your life is perfect. What a That's nice right. You never know what people are going through. Isn't that the truth? Well, I loved this. I loved having you guys here. You guys are fantastic. Again, we did not meet at Walmart. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. We all know Terry likes the shorts. Tomorrow on the show, um, uh, Courtney Six is going to be here. My dear friend, Courtney, who I love. And um, we're going to hear all about what's going on with her and Nikki Six and his book tour and everything that's going on. And um, some Coco birthday information and my bad weather karma, which is just going on and on and on. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Jefferson. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have a moment, go to Apple Podcast and uh, leave us a five-star review. Say what you love about Heather Dubrow's world. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to Heather Dubrow's World. Download new episodes every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One, the Podcast One app, or Apple Podcasts. And please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a lovely five-star rating. Go to Apple Podcasts and say how much you love Heather Dubrow's World. See you next week.